It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Utah Weekly Forum, a public affairs show dedicated to learning more about the issues affecting our lives and health and exploring the resources available in our diverse communities to help. Here's your host, Rebecca Cressman. Well, I'm so glad that you are here joining us today on Utah Weekly Forum. Our guests today are quite magnificent. We have our First Lady, and I res- respect her so much, our, our First Lady of the State, Abby Cox, joining us today. Hi, Abby. Hey, it's so nice to be here. Thank you so much. And I should say, it is not new for her to be behind a microphone. You're, <laughs> you're uh, you know, is it Abby and Friends? Tell me it's the name of it. First Lady and Friends, yes. We have a podcast, and we bring on all kinds of interesting people and have great conversations. Right. And and I have listened to three and I got to get back on because I, you know, you listen to your show and you think, Abby and I are best friends. And then you realize, oh, she's, you know, she's in, you know, she's. We are best friends, oh, though. That's we true. <laughs> but you have raised the the bar on how we can befriend and include and be more inclusive as a state. And we're going to talk about that today. Also joining us is Kirsten Rapoli, and she is the executive Director of the Show Up Initiative for the state. That was pretty good. Yeah, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of words. Do you want to say what your real title is, Kirsten? It's a lot of words. No, you actually pretty much nailed it. I'm the director of the First Ladies Initiative, and I also run the charitable foundation that we use as a tool to uh, take care of all the things we want to do in the community. All right. So when we say initiatives, in other words, when you and your husband, our governor, um, took over to leadership of our state, you decided what things you felt like you wanted to champion. Is that is that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't get a playbook as the first lady when you when you come in and, and, you know, it really is done differently in every state. And um, we're we're lucky to be here in a state that's very supportive of 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 our, you know, of our efforts to to really um, infuse uh, into the community and really uh, champion great people in the community. So for for me, it was you know what what am I passionate about? What needs do I see in the community that I can bring a spotlight to? What voices can I elevate um, with this spotlight? And so to me, it was it was a great opportunity. So we've we've really hit the ground running and really um, and really taken on quite a quite a huge initiative. And so you know I'm, I'm proud of Kirsten and the team. Um, for what we've been able to accomplish so far, and we still have so much more to do. Right, and so what we're going to tell you, because it's like unwrapping a a gift. First of all, I want you to look at your calendar, and then I want you to look at Monday, June 5th, from 4 to 8 p.m., and I want you to put it on your family calendar. We are going to Thanksgiving Point. Is it Electric Park? That's right, yep. All right, because this is a beautiful event. It's called Show Up for Summer Service. And so let's talk about that event, and then let's talk about the Show Up Initiative, Kirsten. Awesome. This is going to be such a fun event. The First Lady, as she was talking about, when we were trying to identify the gaps and the needs and also the things that are going really, really well in the state and how the First Lady, with with the role that she has, can use it to the best of our ability during this time, one of the things we discovered is that there are a lot of families out there and 
um, organizations, businesses, church groups, you name it, organizations um, of different types of people who want to serve but don't exactly know where to go. And then as part of the initiative, one of our pillars, one of our four pillars, and we'll get to the others later, is service. And we noticed there are there's just an incredibly vibrant nonprofit community here in Utah. And we started getting to know them and we recognized that they need volunteers and all these other folks are looking for opportunities. And there is not necessarily, in our view, a way to connect them. And so the show up uh, for service summer family fair was born. Um, So the first lady is pulling out all the stops on Monday and and bringing together hopefully I mean hopefully the whole community I hope everybody who can hear us right now comes by it's, it'll be from four to eight as was mentioned and the idea is that we're matching families or organizations or groups with service opportunities they can participate in during the summer the first lady's sort of challenge to Utahns is hey why don't you spend one day of your summer vacation giving back in the community. Just one day. Yeah, go to the beach. and or more. <laughs> play, I mean, however many we want. We're giving you lots of opportunities. So we'll have around 50 nonprofits that we've handpicked from throughout the community, and every single one of them will have something you can sign up to do with them over the summer, including um, opportunities to serve at the event. But we also have a lot of other fun elements at the event. Abby, do you want to talk yeah, about that? Yeah, we're, we're super excited. This is really kind of that kickoff to summer Come bring your kids. I know it's going to be a long summer of kiddos trying to keep them busy. I used to make lists every morning for my kids of all the things they needed to accomplish before they could play. All the things. But this is one of those moments where we're kicking off the summer vacation, the summer holiday season with this amazing family fun event. I mean, it's we're going to have bounce houses. We're going to have food trucks. We're going to have prizes, amazing prizes, like a Traeger grill, a Nikki Couture blade. Tickets, um, tickets to uh, Hale Center Theater, tickets to, uh, you know, passes to uh, Thanksgiving Point. Splash Summit is showing up for us in a big way with this one. They're going to be giving away, I think it's like 14 four-packs of season passes to Whoa. Splash Summit as yeah. part of the event. And there are bikes. There's going to be snow cones and cotton candy, and face painting, chalk art. There's going to be churros. Oh, yes. I was like, oh, yes. yes, it's exactly what I was looking for, too. A great Utah company. San Diablo, I mm. think, is the, yep. is We're the obsessed. company. So. We're obsessed. So it's just going to be a huge party carnival atmosphere where you and your family can come have a super fun s- summer night with the first lady and figure out how to infuse a meeting into your summer. Yeah. And, you know, um, as you were mentioning, I remember what, a, you know, I had to make those lists for the kids. And you are, as a parent, you're thinking, OK, there's downtime. And we do know that kids need downtime mm-hmm. in, in the summer. But they also thrive from helping and having meaning. And so when you do, whether it's, you know, you're going to help garden around a community center or whether you're going to help at a shelter, whatever it may be, the kids talk about it for days after and feel so good that they made an impact in someone's life. So, yeah, you know, I I love that you said that and the impact that it's having in, in someone else's lives. And, and the lives of the the people that need us so much in in our communities, and it brings us together in in such a great way. But it's also it's it's more than that. And and we've seen research recently that really ties uh, volunteerism and service to strong mental health. 
um, we know that as we serve, as we look outside of ourselves, as we take care of others, our own mental health starts to thrive. And so that is not only um, important for, for the community, but it's important for our mental health. And it's a way to, you know, as Utahns, we are... We are wired for uh, service. I mean, we just, it's been in our DNA, but that may not always be the case if we're not intentional. So our, as, as a show up initiative, it really is important for us to perpetuate this idea of as service as a way of life. And we think that, you know, obviously we, so many of us in the community feel that way. But if we're not intentional about teaching that to the next generation, we may it may not always be. It might not be part of the legacy yeah. of living in Utah. I mean, we've been recognized in the country as the number one volunteer state, mm-hmm. right? Lots. And what's interesting, though, is that many uh, were used to volunteering in their church, their local uh, parish, their local ward. And it's a new idea to say, you know what? There's some nonprofits that absolutely need my, my help, whether it's that one day in the summer or whether it's once a month, whatever it may be, there are so many incredible organizations that we can really lift together if we all just step out a little bit more. And there are a great variety of nonprofits that are going to be coming to our event. We really work... um cautious to make sure that everybody who comes can find something that's a good fit for them. So whether you're passionate about animals or environment or um, serving other people, like there are so many opportunities and they're also um, very accessible for all ages and all abilities. So really there's going to be something at this event for everyone. And I wanted to also clarify because I'm an empty nester um, and I do have friends who are empty nesters and I do know people who are widowed. I want you to know that this event is for you too. Yes. Because this will help you connect. And as you were saying, Abby, um, the, the direct correlation during the COVID pandemic, we all know that what that isolation did to our teens, to ourselves, and how we kind of got used to being in a cocoon because of that. And it isn't good for us. Yeah. What's good for us is to be a part of a community and lifting and helping others. And so, yes. Yeah. And, and some of these, I, I will say, we've, we've visited many nonprofits around the state. We've been doing sort of a, a, a kind of a tour of nonprofits. How and just, extraordinary. It, it really is so fascinating. And it, it really is heartening. Um, you know, there's so much negativity in the world. But when you stop and, and really visit people that are doing incredible work throughout the state, and there's so many of them, we have thousands of nonprofits doing work in the state. And so, for me, it's been really enlightening. And, you know, we recently, uh, and one of the nonprofits that will be there at, at our event on June 5th is uh, is Kids on the Move. And they were telling us that, you know, a lot of their, the way they get funding from federal and state agencies is that they have so many volunteer hours that they can submit. So they're always looking. So think about somebody that's an empty nester or that somebody, um, you know, a single person or, you know, even somebody in a business setting. You can come to this event and and really connect with these nonprofits and say, you know, I'm going to go into this, the autism center and spend, you know, an hour a week or something. I mean, you could go into your kids' classrooms and spend an hour a week and, you know, whatever that looks like for you, whatever, and it doesn't have to be a ton, 
but it it helps so much um, for these people that that need it, and it really does connect our communities. You know, we always talk about the power of connection, the power of compassion, and you know that's what we see from these nonprofits, and that's how we can uh, help. This is Abby Cox, our first lady of the state of Utah. Her husband is our governor, Spencer Cox. Also joining us in studio is Kirsten Rapley. She is the director of the Show Up Initiative. One, just one of the initiatives of our first lady that is all about empowering ourselves with compassion and passion, whether it's for teachers or whether it be for children who may not have been included in the past. And and so it's just a beautiful time. Now, the event June 5th, that's a Monday, 4 to 8 p.m. at Thanksgiving Points Electric Park. Park. Yep. Okay, so you're going to give yourself plenty of time to get there, park, so everyone's leisurely, nobody's stressed, and then come on in, and I'm, I'm just recommending the churros. I know you have other food trucks, but it, <laughs> so good. It, it really just does speak to me. And you can get more information about this because I was searching it out uh, yesterday. So the website, showuputah.org, is that the That's correct? right. Yep. Okay. That had information about the event. So if you're like, what were they showuputah.org. You'll get all the information about the time about this. But this is the big event, the bounce houses, the face painting, and and all the fun. And you know the kids will love it. It's going to be a blast. My kid, who's uh, four years old, has been asking me for months now, when is the bounce house event? And I've been been like, okay, it's a bounce house and service event. (laughs) And trying to teach him about that. But yeah, the the kids will love it for the bounce houses. You will love it for the opportunity to serve in the community. And I love to, uh, as I went to the website, is like, how do you get your kids' wiggles out? Well, yeah, get them involved and in yep. service. So did you say 51 nonprofits or 41? Sorry. About 50. About 50. Mm-hmm. So this is just a, a wonderful thing. So the whole community invited to that. Let's talk about the broader issue, the show up issue, our initiative. What What is that for you? Yeah. You know, again, show up, you know, is, is this uh, umbrella at initiative. And we have these four pillars underneath that umbrella. One is the service component. And again, that's a big part of what we do in all the areas. The other one is um, we show up for our educators. Our educators have, have really struggled in the last few years. There's there's a lot of pressure on them. Um, the, the, we want to elevate the teaching profession again. We want to make sure that it's a place where it, it attracts the best and the brightest, which it, which we see all the time every day I see these amazing educators but they're not okay um, and so we we put on an educator conference that that addresses the mental health and wellness of our educators every year. This year it's on July nineteenth. So if you're an educator and and you're ready to you know take care of yourself this summer and you want a day to really um, gain the tools and resources that you need to to be better in your classroom and at your home in your home and your family uh sign up uh go on our website again show up utah.org and and sign up for the conference I've- a gun in the face then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up they pointed their guns at me and this is the point where i thought i'm gonna die today started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
heard about this uh, event um, last year. There's a woman who works up at Desert News, Sally, and she and mm-hmm. I were talking about it because I actually read an article about it and came to management and said, this is extraordinary. This is something we all need to get behind because it has been a tough go. It's not just the couple of years and during the pandemic that put extreme stress on teachers. So many of those teachers were women. We know during the pandemic, it was much harder for all women to balance family and work as well. It was a difficult time, but teaching has, uh, there's been a, um, a kind of a, uh, I'll just use toxic environment around that when they are devoting themselves to the education of our children. So elevating them is yeah. just extraordinary. And it's been a beautiful journey for us. Uh, when we first came into this role, and again, we're sort of doing this seeking throughout the community of what we could do. Uh, one of the things that we discovered was we, we originally were like, OK, how can we help students with their mental health and came again, as the first lady said, to learn that the educators themselves have been struggling and they've been through so much. And the journey that we've been on since that point, um, our initiative is just over two years old now, has been really remarkable. And, and the resilience of these people is incredible. And and the vision of the first lady to bring everybody together was just it's just so fun because you get to be sort of in harmony and in in a group with all of these other people who've experienced the things you do. But then what we get to do is sort of pull uh, what I like to call like pull the first lady strings throughout the state and bring in like the best of the best when it comes to mental health professionals. And we also have classes about how educators can help with their own finances and nutrition. Uh, Last year we did yoga and sound bath experiences. And this year we have Arthur Brooks as our keynote speaker, as well as Mark (laughs) Michael Bonner. So yeah, we're not, it's not small. Like this thing is massive and it's awesome. It's also free for educators um, there's a little fee to sign up, and then we give them a gift card the second they walk in the door to take care of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we pull the, the rest of the First Lady strings, and we've got the community to to celebrate them with us. So we have, I think it's like 40 different community sponsors, and they all give away free items and do giveaways, and they participate in the classes with them. And it's just this super, super fun, but really, really substantive atmosphere. And I think, by the way, we have less than 200 spots left open okay. at this point. So people need to get on it. And they can do that at showuputah.org. And again, you're looking for the event for teachers on July 19th, and mm-hmm. there'll be a link to sign up for that. There will be, yes. And okay. by the way, if you're an educator and you're listening to this, you can get up to nine free relicensure points for attending. That is a partnership we have with the State Board of Education. I'm really proud of my daughter-in-law. She is a teacher in Heber, an art teacher in ceramics. Mm-hmm. And she entered education before the pandemic. She's been teaching now four years. Absolutely loves it. She loves what she does. Heber's a great place, too. It is. (laughs) And and absolutely loves that the idea, because teachers are educators, but they're also encouragers. And during the high school years and junior high, I mean, I guess even, let's say elementary, to me, those are the years of constant fostering and encouragement. And so when we lift those teachers, we're lifting our children. Did she know she was segueing right then? I know. I think we should segue right into the next (laughs) initiative uh, pillar, and that is foster care. Um, we we've worked a lot in the in the child welfare space, and it's a tough, tough area to to figure out. And we we're really excited because we're actually pushing out a huge uh, project around care communities. This idea of care communities—that's where we, you know, one our foster families. We're about five hundred families short in the state. 
for for our foster children. And we we want to support the foster families that are doing this to encourage more people to foster. And if we can lift the burden of each one of those families that are choosing to foster, then we feel like that we can encourage more people, recruit more people, and and that experience will be better. And the and in the end, we will be lifting up those foster children that need us so much. And so the idea of care communities, we're actually infusing with our with our um, congregations, our interfaith organizations throughout the state. And what it is is if there's a foster family in your area, in your congregation, in your wherever it is, then we're going to put a support system of five or ten families around that foster family so that they're lifting the burden, whether it be respite care, whether it be a mentor opportunity, whether it be just bringing a pizza on a Friday night or my, you know, my 13-year-old's going to mow their lawn for what that family. What a great idea. Yeah, whatever that mm-hmm. is, just to lift the burden of that family that's fostering so that they have the the capability and, and the energy and the support that they need to be able to continue in that work and that we can recruit and retain even more foster families for the need. There is a great need in this state for people to be paying attention to the child welfare state of, of, of things. And I think, I, you know, I had been working even in government for a decade before jumping into this space, and I didn't even see it. I didn't even understand that in Utah, there are quite literally orphans. There are people who need families, and there are people who need a safe place to be while their family figures things out. And there are so many ways to get involved. And this model that we're really taking on, it works. Um, we know that we didn't invent this model. We, we, we're adopting it, and we're doing it in the Utah way. But there is so much great research that shows when a foster family and a foster child is encapsulated and brought into this care community setting, everybody is made better. Everybody is made stronger. Everybody feels supported. And not only that, but that foster child has so many um, opportunities to see what an example looks like and to make connections with additional people who can help them throughout the rest of their lives. As you know, the research shows children need at least two caring adults Mm -hmm. in their life to show interest, to mentor, to foster. So if that's also coming outside of that foster family from that care community, it elevates um, and helps that child heal. How beautiful. If we want to become part of that caring community, are we going through the interfaith or can we go to show up Utah.org. You can go to show up Utah.org or you can also go to UtahFosterCare.org. They are Utah Foster Care is the organization that we, it's a nonprofit that we work with. Uh, we two of our main um, nonprofits that we work with are Utah Foster Care and Raise the Future, and those are two organizations that are that are helping with this and and uh, along with our you know our department our DCFS and DHHS. So we're we're excited about this idea and we're ready to start piloting it in in different areas. Now we have about five minutes together, and I know that we have two more initiatives that we haven't mentioned, right? Is that one correct? more? One, one more. Just one. Oops, so much for my <laughs> math. Got tons of time. It's been a long time. I mean, unless you want to go through all the unofficial, you <laughs> know, initiatives that I we joke work that on. We too. have twelve focus areas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sweating just thinking about it. Yeah. No, honestly, maybe we've saved the best for last. I don't know. This is the one that my. So I'm a former special education teacher, and so uh, my friends with different abilities are are the joy that the of my life. I mean, I just 
find so much joy. So we have connected with, again, another great organization, uh, Special Olympics. I think most folks know about the Special Olympics. We have a great organization here, Special Olympics Utah, that we work with. We are What we are doing is trying to encourage and help uh, – schools throughout the state to implement unified sports with the Special Olympics. It's a program where kids with and without intellectual disabilities play on the same teams together. It's the most joyful thing you will ever experience. So if you, uh, if, if you've if, had those negative experiences like I've had, yes. on the, on the, the unified team. Oh, uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. You, I mean, you just, it's, I can try to explain it. It's like trying to, you know, explain the Mona Lisa. It's so beautiful. You just have to experience it. And it's, you know, we, what we're seeing is this inclusive, environment being fostered in every school that that participates it's you know this it, it goes beyond just inclusion of of you know people with varying abilities and and intellectual abilities but it goes to you know, again, that mental health piece. We've had kids that are partner athletes to our our, our special Olympia, Olympic athletes. That you know, these are peer tutors. These are partners that come in and play with them, and their lives are changed. The lives of the parents who got that diagnosis when that child was a young child and never thought for a moment that it would be their child's playing on the basketball court, scream, right? you know, yeah. the whole, mm-hmm. the whole student body screaming for them. I mean, there's just so many things that I, I, I could try to explain, but this it's, as you can tell, probably that I, this is so such a passion of mine. I'm actually in a f- couple of weeks, I'm headed to the um, international special Olympics games in Berlin and I could not be, I'm addicted. I can't stop. I start, have to keep you're going. You're going to cry the whole time. You're going to have to learn she how will. to say I'm crying in German. I am, I am. Truly, truly. It's, it's beautiful. So if, you know, if you have a child with an intellectual disability or if you have a child that, that would love to get involved, you know, reach out to your school district, see if they're participating. If they're not, reach out to us and we'll come and help um, facilitate getting a program. It is changing um, the entire culture of our schools. The only thing I would add to that, too, is that when we started a couple of years ago, there were something like 30 schools in the state participating in this. And those schools had something super, super special. So when we learned about it, we we again wanted to use the spotlight that we have and be a, a wise steward of the position for the short time that the First Lady has it to spread that. And now there are about 200 schools throughout the state that are doing something to participating in the Special Olympics Unified Sports Movement. But we have hundreds and hundreds more to go. And it's actually really not that hard to implement in schools. I, one of the things we love is helping schools find sponsors for this, right? Helping a, helping a local business find a really incredible way to give back to their school community by helping to sponsor something like this. Well, and I just had somebody reach out to me and say, do you know how we could get involved in our city in Spanish Fork? A business person. I'm like, oh yeah, I got contacts for you. I like what you're thinking. And maybe I can reach out and say, here's something that you could become a champion of that would have such an incredible effect all throughout the school and the community. And so those are unified teams Mm -hmm. that would be created within the schools at the high school level, junior high, Elementary, all, all so that, yeah, we have okay. unified PE in our elementary schools. We have these unified teams in the middle schools and high schools. 
um, everyone can participate and it creates just a loving, inclusive environment. For well, the that school. is extraordinary. You've heard the voice just now of our First Lady, Abby Cox, as we're talking about her show up initiatives, helping teachers, helping uh, foster care, helping uh, children in special education and, and those around them, our whole community, as well as service is the other tenant. Kirsten Rapley, who is the director of the show up initiatives. Um, I just want to thank you for it's a lot of work to to create this vision and then open it up so that we can all participate and, and that's quite extraordinary so abby i congratulate you for for choosing these initiatives it's quite beautiful thank you thank you so much and please um i would love to see everyone on june 5th i'll be there well i'd love to meet uh, new people my favorite thing is to meet people and hear their stories it's Are you gonna have a big hat on with, i should like, i should have like a balloon hat or something so we can all recognize <laughs> so that's our first lady right over there she'll be there 4 to 8 o'clock, June 5th, Thanksgiving Points, Electric Park. This is free. Your first free summer event to get in and have a blast at the show up for show up for summer service event. And you can get more info at showuputah.org. Kirsten Rapley, thank you so much for the work you do every day for these initiatives as well. Such an honor. Thank you. Yeah. And for more information, again, hop online, showuputah.org. Thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. Utah Weekly Forum is produced by KSFI FM 100.3 in Salt Lake City, a Bonneville International Station. Subscribe to the Utah Weekly Forum podcast online and email us at Rebecca at FM100.com. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.